0: Would you stand and let's sing some powerful hymns of our faith. I am resolved to follow Jesus this morning. We're going to sing two verses. Here we go. I am resolved no longer to leave. footsteps of Jesus. We're going to sing the first and last. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling. Let's sing together. Sweetly. We're going to sing, He Hideth My Soul. If you can remember when the Lord passed by Moses in the cleft of the rock, He revealed a little bit of His presence to Moses and um, His glory to Moses. and So that's what we're going to sing about, how He hideth our soul in the cleft of the rock, as He reveals Himself to us and shows us His presence and His glory. So as we sing this hymn, let's do that this morning. To glorify Thy name, O Lord, in what we sing. A wonderful state. sing that second verse. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful let
1: looks A lot bigger from up here. I tell you, <laughs> to tell y'all a little bit about probably the, the past 18 hours. So I sit down for dinner last night. And I get a phone call from my good friend, Walt Merrill, and says, Hey, uh, Nathan's sick with a stomach bug. Uh, he gave me a call. I've got a problem in my foot. I can't walk. We need you to preach tomorrow. And I would like to stand up here and tell you that I was like, well, sure thing, brother, I'll be right there. I was like, I think it was like just just silence is what I remember about it, you know, a few seconds of silence. I said, well, let let, let me pray. Let me speak to my wife. And then, of course, Amy, she hears it, and she's she's the constant encourager. She's like, you got it. I'm like, all right, so called him back, and here we are. So uh, anyhow, it's a blessing to be here with you all today. Pray for Pastor Nathan. I know he's watching. We love you, and I hope you get better soon. And uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, we just uh, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to come to your house to worship you, and, and and you've blessed us in so many ways. In so many ways, and I pray that as we as we gather today, Lord, that, that you would have your way that our hearts. Would be focused towards you. That our minds would be focused towards you, Lord. That whatever that that you want to say, Lord, that you you would have your way. God, the distractions. I pray that they would cease. Lord, I pray for your peace to fall on this place right now. I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. So, what's tomorrow, guys? Uh, Valentine's Day. There we go. And I, I just. I just kept a whole lot of you guys out of the doghouse in case you had forgotten, right? So so it's Valentine's Day. So what do we celebrate on Valentine's Day? Love. 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 So what better time than to talk today about, about the greatest love story that's ever been told? The greatest love story that's ever been told. There... They were asking some kids, grade school age, to give their definition of love. And this, this was, was one of the definitions. That she was an eight-year-old girl, what she what she said. She said, Since my grandmother got arthritis, she can't bend over and polish her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time. Even after his hands got arthritis too. That's love. And this other little girl, they asked her about it, said... That you really shouldn't say, "I love you," unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot, because people forget. You know, and that's—it sounds so simple, but it's something that we need to remember: is that God loves us with an unconditional love, with an unconditional love. It's, The scripture I want to turn to today is 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 through 10. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, love love is a word that gets thrown around a lot today. You know, it's a, well, I love pizza. I love football. I love this or that. But, But what I love about this verse and what I love about our God is God didn't just say it. God didn't just say, Hey, I I love you, Corey. Or I love you, Griff. Or I love you, Walt. It says that He showed His love for us. He demonstrated. He put actions to those words. That He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He was our sacrifice. He demonstrated His love. The God of the universe loves you. How amazing is that, guys? I mean, it's something we glanced over it because we're raised in the Bible belt and we hear it so much, you know, Jesus loves you, this I know, and we, and we hear that. But, but just, I want you to meditate on that. That scripture tells us that there was a specific point in time that God thought of you in your mother's womb. That he has numbered the hairs on your head. The personality, the impact that you would have on this world. There is no one else that can do what God has intended for you to do. The God of the universe. And the God of the universe, it says in Scripture that he's a jealous God. He longs for a relationship with you. To the point that what? That he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The greatest love story the world has ever known or ever will know. Says. in The New King. New King James Version. Reading that same scripture in 1st John. It said that, that. In this is love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son. To be the propitiation for our sins. Now. What Stephen Cole says in his commentary as far as propitiation means to satisfy God's justice and wrath toward our sin. His love didn't just brush aside our sin because His holiness and justice would not have been compromised. Rather, His love moved God to send His own Son who bore the penalty that we rightly deserve. The initiative was totally with God. He didn't wait until we showed some promise of changing or until we cried out for help. Rather, as Paul put it in Romans chapter five, verse eight, that God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that for a little bit. While we were yet sinners. Sinners. Christ died for us. You know, it is in, in our humanity, we we like to believe that that uh, that God is somewhat conditional in His love, right? If I'm having a good day, if I'm having a good day, if I'm doing all the things right, then I feel like God might love me a little more on that day. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I and if I'm having a bad day, sometimes my emotions, my feelings about, well, well, God, I've messed up a lot this day. And and, and I, I don't see see how you can love me as much today because I've just messed up so much. But that's not God. And that's not what Scripture tells us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not on our good day, on our very worst. I want you just to, to kind of put that into context. We all, we all have parts of our lives or different areas in our lives that we that things we may have done in the past, things we may have said in the past, that we're ashamed of, right? Areas that we don't, wouldn't want anybody to know about that we won't tell anybody about. It, it, it was in those moments when Christ died for us. So God knows everything. He knows every bad thing that we've done, every bad thing we're going to do, every selfish, ugly word, every, every, everything in a heart that we hold in that we've never told anybody. God knows it all. And guess what? He knew it all when He went to the cross. Because that's who He is. God is love. They can't coexist. There would be no love without God. While we were yet sinners, it doesn't say why we, we were good people or, or why we were having a, a pretty good day. Or, it says why we're sinners. We're enemies of the cross, we're enemies of God. But yet, He still went to the cross and died for us. Amazing. Why? Why would he do that? Why why would a God of the universe that can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, why? Why would he die for sinners? Not just die, but die criminals, death, humiliated, stripped naked, his own creation killed him. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because He loves you. Because He wants you. Guess what? God doesn't need any any one of us. He doesn't need anything from us. He's God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He doesn't need us. But He wants us. He wants us it's, it's mind blowing, isn't it? So on the eve of Valentine's Day, I thought what what better thing to speak about than the love of our Lord and Savior and the price that He's paid for us. The uh so so last night when I found out I was going to uh, be speaking and decided I was going to, so I called my mom and dad, they're here, and I saw, I said, hey, y'all, y'all pray for me, because I'm going to be preaching in the morning, and I got, I got nothing at this point in time, I and mean, it's rocking on 7 o'clock at night, and, uh, and so my mom, being a mom, she's like, uh, she said, well, look, son, on a positive note, you don't have much time to prepare. And folks love a short sermon, so, <laughs> so, so as mothers do, they 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 know how to spin it and encourage their youngins, you know. So, but, in closing, in closing, guys, uh, I just you know oftentimes I speak about things that you know. I I should put a mirror in front of myself, you know, when I'm saying these things, because the stuff that I'm dealing with, stuff that I'm going through as well. And so, so I just wanted to anybody here that's feeling just unlovable, that's just feeling worn out. It just feels like, well, well, life is busy, you know. And, And oftentimes when we get busy, what's the first thing that suffers? Our relationship with God. You know, we feel like. You know will I get to that? The most important thing we put to the side, and so if if that's you, I just encourage you now in these moments that the God of the universe, even now, is wanting to have a moment with you. Is just wanting is just wanting to have a conversation with you. It's just wanting to share your worries, your hurts. Your goods or bads. That's it. Some some of my, my favorite one of my favorite parables in the Bible is is the Prodigal Son because it, it it tells of of our God's ruthless pursuit of us. You know, in in this passage, it says that at the very first it says that Jesus is sitting with tax collectors. And sinners, speaking to him. they've all gathered around him. And, and the Pharisees, it says that the Pharisees were muttering, and that, that the Pharisees were muttering that, that this man comes and, and welcomes sinners and eats with them. You know, criticizing Jesus, does he know who he's hanging out with? These are, these are bad folks. And so this is, this is the parable, one of the parables that Jesus tells as he's sitting there. It says that there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, which in that culture was just saying, Daddy, I wish you were dead so I could just have my stuff. I really don't care that much about you. I just want my inheritance. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, And kissed him. That's the picture of our God. He runs to us. And in this scripture, the father didn't didn't say, you idiot, you squandered everything that I gave you. He didn't remind him of his wrongs or beat him over the head with it. What did he do? He said, why, he was still a long way off. He was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. And what, what does God promise us about His love? What does He promise about His love? That nothing can separate us from His love. Nothing. Not anything. It says, it says in Romans, right? It says, For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what does he tell us in Matthew? What does he tell us in Matthew? He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that longs to spend time with you. Wow. Is there any better love story? Is there any better love story? than a God that would die a criminal's death just to have a relationship with you. So, as as I'm finishing up, and Jason, if you want to come and play, if that's you, if if maybe you're in a place where you're just like, you know, God, I, I just need you. I've got this area in my heart. I've got this area in my life. I've got this thing I'm dealing with. And I need you. Then I'll just encourage you. He knows. He knows it already. But guess what? It's a relationship. He can't force you. God gave us free will. He gave us a choice in the matter. If you don't want to let go of it, then that's your choice. But He'd surely love you too. And, and if you don't know Him, there, there's never been a better time. There's never been a better time to get to know the the God that made all the stars, the God that made you.